0: Good morning, thank you for being here. Welcome at home, Uh, glad you're tuning in. I don't know was about the most dangerous response that I could give. Uh, My heart rate must have been about double what its normal pace was. Um, I quickly started to write down some fake notes, right? Uh, to make it look like something brilliant had just hit me based off of what the professor uh, was, pre- was presenting. And I didn't want, you know, this moment to go by in forgotten thoughts. And so I just sat there busy writing, and uh, I would steal, like, these speedy glances, right, as um, my religion professor just grilled another student on why he had faith in God uh, that he could not see, right? Uh, in a God that sometimes felt distant, or sometimes felt absent, In God at all, right? I don't know, was just not a safe option at all. And this was just a class, right? See, up to this point, things were really safe for me. See, my hometown was very like-minded with the disposition towards church. Uh, My friends were either part of the one I was going to or were one of down the road. Um, my college roommate, you know, grew up in a Christian household, and the friends that I was making on campus were super familiar with faith, and they shared my views as well. So witnessing this professor tear apart this young man was just terribly unnerving for me. This confrontation uh, created an awareness of a place that I had no idea existed, and I certainly did not want to visit it again. A place where a person could be against God, Right? Who could know about church and refuse it, right? I mean, why would anyone opt out? Uh, It just didn't make any sense. And this fear, right, started to creep up inside. Fear, right? There's a tremendous amount of fear in being unsure, in being uncertain. But how we react to that fear makes all the difference. See, I wanted to make sure there was absolutely no way that I would end up in the hot seat like that other kid. Ever, right so I blended in all the time right and just like in preschool where I crafted these castle walls out of cardboard bricks right I uh, created these barriers around me right to help protect myself from ever having to answer I don't know one of those barriers right was seminary yes you know I felt a genuine call to go and yes I believe that it worked out just as it was supposed to But I also believe that it kept me safe from answering, I don't know. See, seminary provided an answer where other people could fill in the blank for what it meant for me to be there. See, questions like, so what are your plans after college? Or do you have anything lined up for either like an internship or something? (laughs) See, I had no idea what I even wanted to do, right? Let alone a next step in a direction towards that goal. That unknowing generated more fear And seminary allowed me to provide an answer all while not having to give an answer. Safe for now. But then grades, you know, they started to slip. And the camouflage of being a new student or being in a new school or even just saying, yeah, I'm going to seminary, it was no longer enough, right, to keep me safe. I still had no idea what the goal was for me being there. I had no idea what I really wanted to do and no clue how to find out. Fear flared up bigger this time, right? Like it did every time that it returned. So I started working, you know, at the rescue mission, and this worked just like the Answer Seminary uh, did for any questions about why we were in Denver at all, right? What was the goal? Well, I could point to this job now, and uh, that was connected to seminary and say that I was working towards making an impact. And it put a ton of safe distance, you know, from having to say, I don't know. See, when we moved to Minnesota, I felt like I'd become this master at hide-and-seek, right, with this game. See, my unfinished seminary pursuit uh, could be filed in the, well, maybe I'll come back to it someday drawer. And at the same time, you know, I could present this kind of boots-on-the-ground effort, right, that I was making in social work to claim it as continued ministry. And the outside questions just began to quiet down. You know, thoughts of that young man in that religious class they were almost never recalled right Notions of returning to seminary were quickly dismissed right in my mind as not an option at this time right So the fear I felt had won. To say I was quiet, I was not moving. I was stuck right Just reporting to my job, I was making an impact with homeless housing work uh, it was just like riding a stationary bike, you know just, Working really, really hard, but going really, really nowhere, right? Uh, Seeing results, sure, you know, but always, you know, in the same place, just doing the same thing. I had no idea how deep into the fog I had gotten. And every time I would attend a men's group, right, I would speak up about this feeling of anger I carried, yet I could not describe it fully, uh, nor name where it even resided. Uh, It was just everywhere. So every run group, every Wednesday night meeting, every coffee outing, Christmas gathering, birthday or summer reunion, I filled each of these, right, with these crazy examples of things that I had experienced in the job. And all of it to prevent any questions of where my only answer could be, I don't know. See, fear does this, right? It makes it you know, so we do not grow, right? So we don't flourish. It keeps us feeling alone and it generated a feeling of being abandoned right for me my fear of unknowing was just an undercurrent in seminary that fear of unknowing was an undercurrent in my social work tenure my fear with unknowing gave me a false sense of safety in circles where the very idea was to be vulnerable and open and then we saw COVID hit right and in an election year near its due date And the unknowing is just surging, right? So my company, right, creates this software that allows for companies to create these what-if scenarios and then build plans off those so you're always prepared. But with all that I kept hidden and all that's on us now, I'm playing my own kind of what-if scenarios. And the result is always just more fear. See, the truth in the midst of all that happened and is happening right, is that Jesus is always present, right, no matter what the circumstances, no matter our knowing our unknowing status, and no matter what the questions are asked of us to make it safe to say, I don't know. Uh, if you're here, feel free to take out the Gospel of Luke. You can turn to chapter 24, uh, but if you're at home or if you, even if you're here, just I want to invite you to be able to sit in this. I'm going to read through the story of Jesus going to Emmaus, right, and i want you to imagine while you hear i want you to picture the story right maybe you know you're walking with them maybe you catch their dialogue while they're on the side of the road but wherever you are they like, just be there as i read this that very day two of them were going to a village named Emmaus about 7 miles from Jerusalem and they were talking with each other about all these things that had happened While they were talking and discussing together, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And he said to them, What is this conversation that you're holding with each other as you walk? And they stood still, looking sad. Then one of them, named Cleopas, answered, Are you the only visitor to Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? And he said to them, What things? And they said to him, Concerning Jesus of Nazareth, a man who was prophet mighty indeed and word before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and rulers delivered him up to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all this, it is now the third day since these things happened. Moreover, some women of our company amazed us. They were at the tomb early in the morning. And when they did not find his body, they came back saying that they had even seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but him they did not see. And he said to them, O foolish ones, slow of heart to believe all the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them in all the scriptures, the things concerning himself. So they drew near to the village to which they were going. He acted as if he were going further, but they urged him strongly, saying, Stay with us, for it's towards evening, and the day is now far spent. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took the bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to them. And their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he vanished from their sight. And they said to each other, Did not our hearts burn within us while we talked to us on the road while he opened the scriptures? Can you hear it? The fear at the beginning? See, I imagine that mood was the same across the entire area. Their Messiah had been killed and they were left empty and unknowing and likely very much afraid. When Jesus approaches them as a stranger, his question to them, is: it's not a trap or threatening, yet their reaction is one of sadness. Are you the only one in Jerusalem? Now here's where it starts to become one of my favorite stories, right, about Jesus. See, he keeps the disguise going while still very much with them, right? He kind of cats with them, like, what things, right? And I love this, right? See, on the one hand, Jesus is all-knowing and all-powerful and just pulled off the greatest feat ever, right? While he's also present with these guys, walking with them, walking with us, as they feel and as they fear. They tell Jesus the whole story, right? Walking him through the recent events and their crushed hopes, and Jesus direct redirects the pain point into joy with tracing the necessity of it all through the entire storyline of the Bible. See, I'm certain they did not see this coming, and they just cannot get enough. Come with us, stay with us, right? Their plead as he takes a seat in their house. And recognizing who was with him the whole time he disappears. And they recall their hearts being warmed along the way. And I can tell you that this is the warmth of fear melting away. See, especially now, there is a heavy amount of uncertainty happening. Second waves of COVID, maybe third waves, right? Elections swinging wildly, creating even wilder emotional pendulums. Racial healing just school alone, right? There's a lot happening right now that we are discussing and processing while we walk down the road to Emmaus, right? This weight turns our reactions into others' questions, into a sad one, right? But this passage calls us to a different way. See, time with Jesus melted away this fear, Recognizing that their state of unknowing was okay allowed them to hear Jesus and be ignited inside. <laughs> See, seminary used to speak about church being like a group of coals and that when someone had kind of drifted away for a while and got back to it, their coal was kind of reignited inside. See, our, um, our glow is a peace that only comes from God. It's a peace that surpasses circumstances, Right? it allows for any event to take place and for any circumstantial result to happen and as the reaction is never hopeless alone or afraid so spend some time with Jesus even if you do not recognize him you'll feel it read with him pray with him serve with him you know lead teach compute correct compose right do all those things with the presence of Jesus in mind and in heart and feel the ember, right, start to glow. But why? Why do this at all? Because when I humble myself and spend time with Jesus, I'm reminded of who I am and who I am not. We are reminded of the undercurrent, right, that carried the time along while those two men walked with Jesus. And I'm reminded that God is all-knowing and all-powerful, and that my fear of how an election might turn out is no match, right, for the love that God carries for everyone. See, it means that I can look back at that college professor and no longer be scared of his questions. It means I can see the value I gained from attending seminary, even if I never finish it, ever. It means knowing that I made a difference for every single homeless person that I came in contact with over 10 years, no matter where my career path has ended up. Because throughout everything, Jesus is walking beside us. Because we too carry the fears of fallout, of fears of sickness, fears of results not uh, being what we hoped they would. And while those fears are real, his question to us is: what things? It's comforting at points, uh, as it points to him kind of being in control. So no matter the results, Jesus is present and knowing. Melted away are the fears of what if. And when we face tough questions, like when will this get better, when will there be peace and justice and safety, we can say with assurance, and of being fearless, I don't know. Thanks.